0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Marvin's World Podcast, a podcast where we speak to absolutely incredible and fantastic people. People are very insightful, very knowledgeable and have intriguing life stories that will inspire us and make people and make all of us make what we love a full-time job. If you like the podcast and you see some value to your friends or family, share it. And you know, just give us a review on iTunes, and sh- yeah. But if if you didn't like it though, this is a dirt, This is a little secret between you and me, guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, today we're in for an absolutely awesome guest. This man uh, is—he has a passion for for his industry, an absolute pure love for it. And he's a man who's who's he brings an in-depth knowledge from many different sort of industries and he's an example of someone who is a pure example of doing what you love with passion and joy please welcome jeff langston hi
1: marvin that was a bit of an introduction uh, thanks very much i'll take that love it <laughs> how
0: are you doing jeff well,
1: i'm i'm very good indeed thank you very much yeah in these uh, in these challenging times but we uh, we move on through it
0: we have to we have to be fighters it's like yep. rocky film
1: <laughs> indeed yep indeed
0: right. just sort of like so you run glam red and like just sort of um which is sort of a music management company and yep. like from what i see about you as a whole it's like please tell us your story like how did you end up like in your industry and yep. yeah tell us your journey um it's
1: uh, it's a longest journey um i've been around for a little while um and uh the end result is that i'm i'm working in a business that as you say i am passionate about i've i've always loved music it's in my blood um since i was at school um i was i, I used to play in bands uh, all sorts of different uh, sorts of music i was brought up by the seaside so we used to go and play in the in the, um, to the holiday makers in the campsites and that sort of thing in, in various bands and uh, being brought up in the, in the South was a great deal of folk music. So I did all that sort of thing and I learned to play a lot of different instruments over the years. And then I, I fell into corporate life uh, because that's what I did and uh, music continued to be a big part of my life. Uh, however, I spent most of my career Uh, working in retailing. Uh, Fortunately for me uh, I love people and so my role in retail was nearly all about developing people, giving people opportunities and helping to develop the businesses which was great Uh, and then trundling along by the side of that was the music so I still played. I went to as many gigs as I possibly could do preferably in small venues, because that's where I get the atmosphere rather than stadiums, etc. Uh, and then in 2004, I took the decision to leave the organization um, that I've been with for uh, over 30 years and start my own business. Uh, and it was a bit of a plunge. So I worked, walked away from my company car and final salary pension and all that sort of thing uh, on the strength of a three month contract, which a lot of people thought I was crazy with. Uh, so I started a business which continued with my other passion, which is helping people grow and develop and small businesses. So uh, I still got that business going now. And we, we spend a lot of time with small businesses, helping their people to be the best they can be and to support what are probably family owned businesses or smallish businesses Grow to the next stage, whatever that may be, in terms of the music, which is predominantly what we 're going to talk about. I fell into that by accident uh, probably about five years ago i uh, I came across a really talented band who were living a few doors up from us uh, from where we live, and they left their front door open one day and we uh, we knocked on the door and there was no answer and then a few days later, we saw them trundling equipment across the road into a van and my wife said I think that's they're coming out of the flat where the door was open so we went across and spoke to them and uh, said it's not a good idea to leave your door open but what that did was lead to me getting to know them went to see them play locally Uh, they were really good in my view and we had a coffee afterwards, and I said, who's looking after you at the moment? Who's looking after you as a, as a business, as a, as a group? And they said, nobody, but we'd bite their hand off if we found somebody. And that was the start of it for me. So that's really oh. how I came into the business.
0: Hmm. It's quite funny about that, isn't it, sometimes? When, when you find what you love, you just, it's sort of, I mean, it's not sort of jedi it's not meditationist, <laughs> but like I hear a lot of people when I, when I go on the podcast, they don't go around and sort of chasing this thing and saying, this is what I want to do. It sort of stumbles upon them, like they do other things or they want to do something else and then go, oh, this happens. And they go along with it.
1: It's it's it actually isn't coincidence. So um, amongst other things that I do, I'm I'm a qualified NLP master practitioner and, uh, and a coach. And and part of that is understanding how the brain works. So what you're talking about now is, is how the brain works. When something's brought to your conscious awareness from the deep unconscious that we've all got, we start to see more of the same. So if there's something that you're interested in and you start to have a look at it, because without going into too much detail, because of the way the brain works, it sort of, Ratches open filters our brain filters loads and loads of information out all the time whereas when when something's brought to our conscious awareness we start to see more of it so it, it's more than coincidence it's just how things are as human beings mm. so the more you can sort of look for and explore what you're passionate about it's highly likely you're going to find ways that you can engage with that more
0: yeah, I, I find NLP and hypnosis, you know, it gets a bad rep. Like people have a wrong perception of it, you know, like pick up and a lot of other things. But I mean, NLP and hypnosis, they're very good things. Like, I've looked a little bit in it and they're, they're fantastic. They're absolutely amazing.
1: Um, I think the reputation comes from people who don't necessarily use it in a, an ethical manner. Yeah. But you're right in terms of giving people... Opportunities and support and personal development they're, they're, they're they 're amazing they they really do unlock
0: potential yeah it's incredible really do. yeah because i 've seen many sort of um, this may sound a bit of a strange story, but i've I, I found this through accident as well like sometimes we we're we're, we're we're all struggling in this lockdown it 's not ideal for any of us, but mentally there are moments where it will get to us a bit. And I thought I don't know. I just stumbled across this sort of hypnosis video. And I went through it, and I felt good afterwards. Like forget anything else. Like it targets your subconscious, and then it makes you feel good afterwards. And that's yeah. I, I just I'm def, I'm getting some sort of hypnosis and now people on the podcast. It's it's an incredible thing. I think everyone should do it.
1: Yeah. It's well. It's it's the basis of meditation and mindfulness. I mean, meditation and mindfulness is probably. Become more mainstream in the last five, six, seven years than uh, than it has, and it, and it's been around for so many hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, but it's certainly become more mainstream because of the pressure people are under, or the pressure people allow themselves to be put under, because we all have choices about how we react to any given situation, um, and. The, these these approaches to looking after our own mental health are really important. So I, I I meditate. I was studying mindfulness 12 15 years ago. It's only in the last few years that it's sort of become mainstream. So we've now got all these apps like Calm, um, which is a massive multi-million-pound business, um, and involves a lot of musicians, which is which is interesting as well. there are, there are more musicians joining the the calm club uh, on a pretty well a weekly basis. So it has become big big business, but the basis, the basics of meditation and mindfulness are so important. And there's a saying about meditation. If you can't find 10 minutes to meditate, you probably need an
0: hour. <laughs> so the one thing I wanna ask on sort of on top of that mm-hmm. is you, you mentioned earlier about the mind and you think yeah. it's sort of accident, but it's not. Um, I read a book in NLP and it says that, um, I mean, getting your goals is very difficult and it's challenging, but they say that the more options you give yourself, the more likely you are to achieve it. And mm-hmm. by like exploring different fields and doing different things, mm-hmm. I think that's what it, what it sort of falls upon. Is that right?
1: It is. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you, um, when you identify what it is that you want and then you do a little bit of work around it. So one of the great things that, that we use, I use it personally, and I encourage uh, a lot of people I work with to do is to, to do a visualization, to imagine what it would be like if you were able to do this. And, and this could be to do with work or it could be to do with home because when you, when you put things down on paper and then you, you sort of flesh it out, stuff does start to appear because what you're doing is you're bringing it into your conscious awareness and and we've all got so much information going on inside is in our unconscious awareness which we don't always access so for instance as an example uh you're breathing at the moment i guess i'm, I'm sort of guessing you're breathing otherwise you wouldn't so. be talking to me but <laughs> you probably have you probably haven't thought about breathing for days if ever and yet now you're probably just conscious that your chest is just rising and falling because i brought that to your conscious awareness and you'll be aware of it whereas previously your brain has said to you you don't need to know about that at the moment i'll just get on with it and your unconscious has got loads of information like that which you could be using to help you move towards your your end goal your your target your dream and and in my case, uh, uh, at the moment, it's around supporting musicians to achieve, the, achieve their dreams.
0: Yeah, and it's, now. I mean, one thing I also found that people always say, oh, I wish I could have done this earlier, I could have done that earlier. But the thing is, if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't maybe have had your wife, you wouldn't have the knowledge you know in the, in the thing you live now. Because I'm pretty sure like in terms of, as you say, like people management and developing people, which you've learned from your other careers, that must help a tremendous amount with the artists you're working with. And you would not have had that had you started it early and didn't go on that journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of cheesy sayings out there, uh, which are all absolutely true. But we are where we are. You know, um, for me, there's no point in having regrets. I've, I've been on a learning journey. And it's all been useful stuff. Some stuff's gone well and some stuff hasn't gone quite so well. Um, but it's it's all an opportunity to, to learn. As long as we're also resilient and we can get through the, uh, the the tougher times, then it's it's all good stuff. You know, take it in, use it and uh, use it to influence your future.
0: And we'll talk about it earlier about how um, like chasing your passion then you've got to like sort of find your own identity and choose your own thing um so in some of the guests i've had on the podcast that like she said that she wanted to be an actor but what she did before she decided she wanted to be an actor was actually spoke to someone who works in the industry to see if she was suited for it and she found out she wasn't so to for people to kind of make the most of, that of their passion and find their journey what would you what what are some quick sort of mindset advice you
1: have (laughs) um i guess the first thing is to decide what it is that you really want you know what it is it that you want and then yeah by all means do a bit of exploration have a chat with people because if if you take the music industry it can on the face of it look extremely glamorous um and people flying around or used to be, flying around the world and uh, living a lifestyle, uh, the reality is, is very different. So uh, I wouldn't want it to put anybody off because there's all sorts of different ways that you can get into a business and, and, and follow your, your passion. Um, but uh, just find out what the reality is and then see whether it suits you. So see if you can spend some time with somebody, have a chat with them, shadow them, um and and explore and see where it takes you
0: okay and so one of the things i want to say is with like with an artist and when you're trying to spot them and you go to events how do you know if someone's got something that's a bit that isn't like everyone else like how do you what what is it that separates them
1: uh in your opinion of course for me it's a gut for me it's a gut reaction it's this person's got something different, they've got something special. Uh, it's, it's not the same as I've seen elsewhere with anybody else. Um, and, and it is very much personal opinion. Uh, the, the bottom line is it's gotta be good music. It has to be good music for somebody to make it in the business. Uh, if the music isn't there, it's highly unlikely that you're gonna have an enduring career. Uh, you might get a one-off by having something which is a bit gimmicky, but uh, the music has, has got to be there. So uh, good good songs, good tunes, and also that uh, a passion. Uh, it's difficult to put your finger on it, uh, but it is finding somebody that you absolutely believe in and know that you want to give them a hand to get to wherever they want to go. Uh, And that might be nothing massive. It might not be appearing on a massive stage somewhere. It might be something just to be able to do more of what they love, which is singing or playing or whatever that is. Um, But it is discovering somebody that you believe has got potential and then encouraging the rest of the world to believe that they've got that, that, that talent
0: and by sort of good songs you mean like sort of heartfelt music that hits your soul and like you you feel like you've been really emotionally moved by it and like you're like whoa my god i've not seen this before <laughs>
1: yeah it, it it really is it is that uh our music's all about emotions it really is um music can music is a universal language that knows no boundaries Um, music can change the world it just brings people together Uh, if you look look back over uh, history uh, music is a thread that works its way through and constantly brings people together Uh, so it is that emotional attachment that uh, that certainly I have when I discover a new artist whether I'm working with them or not but I, I come across a lot of artists and I think wow that's just exceptional and uh we're 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 about to uh announce a new artist joining glam.red and he's just he's just absolutely amazing keep your eyes peeled this uh probably towards the end of this week beginning of next week uh we'll be be announcing a new artist who's is nothing like the other two artists are currently on our website um very very different genre because I don't go for genre I go for people that I I believe in and i love love their music and they've got a passion for it um and i i was introduced to him by a mutual colleague and i just happened to think he's amazing and uh, right at the beginning of his career
0: it's an interesting thing that you mentioned there um how, how do you go about sort of find? so i've said a bit about how you spot it but i mean it's a bit of an inter- is it a bit of an interview process when you see someone that think you've got it do you do probing questions like where do you see uh, yourself in 5 years time
1: <laughs> well yeah you need to you need to know what their ambitions are because if their ambition is just to uh play the occasional gig locally and not do anything more than that um and just be who they are that that's fine um but they don't necessarily need my support for that they can uh, they can find their own way um can stay in their own local neighbourhood and just do what they're doing, and um, don't need a management company. It's using uh, engaging with a um, management company um, is is really good for some people, and it's not the right either time or route for other people. Uh, all depends on what people's ambitions are. So yeah, I do I do want to know what people would like to do and how they'd like to get there. Uh, and then we, we look at the best way to do that.
0: Hmm. And when you're talking to them, how can you sort of detect if they have to drive? Like what do they, without going into too specifics, cause I know you've got to keep thinking, but what, what do they say that reveals like how ambitious they are?
1: Um, the first thing for me is the passion in the music. The, the, the lyrics they use the lyrics they write um, and then how that's put into a song and then when they perform it it just gives an indication of how passionate they are about developing this into a career um, and then sit down and have a chat with them and say oh, what do you want to do with this where do you want to go and sometimes they don't know because they've never had that conversation before so it's uh One of the other things that uh, I enjoy doing is coaching people. So I'm in a a fortunate position that I'm a a coach and a mentor. So I'm able to probably encourage people to think differently and look at their their dreams, their aspirations, and how that can be turned into a reality. Because a lot of people say, I wish I'd. There are so many people that don't actually do that. Uh, for many reasons so my opportunity is to help them to turn that passion into a career a business
0: and what about in terms of like personality wise because i i mean in all forms of entertainment i mean your people skills are extremely important and it's not just a hundred percent it's not just about talent but if you, you have to be extremely good with people from what i've scene across music comedy or that
1: yeah yeah gotta be a plea you gotta love people if uh, if you don't if you don't like people and don't want to engage with people regularly and build relationships then it may not be the right business for you um for for, for in my role there are a lot there are a lot of artists who actually aren't that keen on engaging with people but as a as a as a manager, my job would be to look for the opportunities and uh, encourage them as much as possible to to be a part of the conversations with different people in the industry and, and to get out there. Um, but as uh, as a manager, uh, my my personal view is that. One of the main things i can do is to is to build a relationship circle for for me and for any artists that i manage and then push that relationship circle out so that we can call on people as and when necessary to to be there for us
0: how how do you go about sort of developing them because in comedy what what they tend to do is they get in that they do well in a comedy competition then they take them to many different clubs across the country they see how they do. And then they, you know, they're quite connected with a lot of the big clubs. So you give them small spots, and then you get bigger spots, bigger spots. And like, oh, they do an Edinburgh show. That goes well. Then they start sort of putting them on TV and they start sort of headlining bigger clubs. And then it just goes on from there, really.
1: It's the same route to success, Marvin. Um, and oh. I- I'm sure in, the- in comedy, it's no different. There's no silver bullet. You can uh, you can work your socks off in small clubs and and never quite crack the big time. I've I I love comedy clubs myself, so I've been to a lot of comedy clubs. Very often over the top of a pub with uh, a makeshift stage and just a few chairs, and seen some amazing people. And I watch live at the Apollo, and I see somebody, and I think you're nowhere near as good as this person I've seen in a little club somewhere. Yeah. Um, so it, it's uh, it. The route is the same. So start off locally, um, get a reputation, play as many places as you can do, put on maybe a small tour uh, and then see where it takes you. Uh, There really isn't a silver bullet. At some point, somebody needs to see you, pick you up or you build a local fan base and then work your way out. So Arctic Monkeys, for instance, uh, were from Sheffield. They built such a reputation in Sheffield as, as a town, as a city, that people started to come up from London to Sheffield, see what the noise was about, people in the music industry. So all the A&Rs come up, came up to see what was going on because they created such a buzz. Um, and, and that's a great way of doing it. And uh, being based in London where, where I am, uh, it's, it's an, well, normally, in most circumstances, it's an your opportunity.
0: Hmm. one thing i used to hear about because i spoke to someone who's like a musician now but he's like one thing that really inspires me is like the beatles that they went to germany and they did like 15 hours of practice or something yeah every day and he says that now no like people wouldn't do that now i mean
1: um no i i i I don't think that's true i think there are a, a lot a lot of emerging artists who are working really, really hard, and they will be out. if we we take it outside the pandemic, I know a lot of artists who are so passionate about their business, they will be out busking five days a week. If they haven't got any gigs, they'll be out busking five days a week. Uh, They'll be playing open mic nights. They will be recording and releasing themselves with very other little support and nigh on no no income, which is why at the moment it's so, so difficult in the music industry for everybody concerned, whether it's the artists or the the backstage people, it's just so, so difficult. Um, But uh, yeah, you're right. People think the Beatles were an overnight success and they weren't. So all you need to do is, is watch the film eight days a week um, and, and you'll find out all the stuff that the Beatles went through to get to where they are. And it was years and years of hard slog. And it's the same for musicians. And I I know a lot of musicians now who are still beavering away. They're doing live streams all the time. They are engaging with their fans across as many virtual platforms and media as they can do they're ramping up their social media so whilst they may not be able to go out and busk and do open mics and do small gigs they're still working amazingly hard
0: he he meant yeah um, i think what i said was misconstrued there he meant what's it called um he said that people work differently now to what they used to back then that's what i was getting at and from you said
1: oh well things have changed but are you saying people wouldn't go to Germany and and forge a forge a, or hone their their um, skills out in a different country? Is that is that what you mean?
0: That's what he said. I asked him about it, and that's what yeah. he said. He said, that, "Oh, they'll spend more time in the studio and rather than do stuff like that." But you know, I'm outside of music, so I don't know.
1: I, I uh, some people spend time in studios and and producing good stuff, and and a good artist will. That's not. Where their career is going to be developed, a, an artist's career depends on fans, and um, one of the best ways to get fans is to be out there, engage with them, whether it's face to face or virtually, and start to build that fan base.
0: So it's also similar to sort of comedy in a way in that regard, because there's a lot of comedians that are becoming famous now on TikTok or YouTube mm-hmm. and other things, yes. and you know you hear about Justin Bieber but his mum put videos in YouTube and then he got famous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these days, I, I suppose the difference between now and the Beatles is that there are probably more opportunities now. So, um, so many ways that you can engage with fans immediately and give people immediate gratification. It still doesn't guarantee success. And uh, occasionally something will blow up on TikTok. So at the moment, uh, as you may or may not have seen, sea shanties have absolutely blown up. And, and the guy that really got that going has just been signed to Polydor. So he was a postman. He was a postman a few weeks ago and he's just signed to one of the biggest record labels in the world <laughs> via TikTok. Let's see where that career goes with him. And I I hope it's fantastic. It doesn't necessarily guarantee a long-term uh, job career in the music business
0: well it's quite a funny thing isn't it like with the x factor most mm. of them don't make it for it you know they get famous for a bit and they don't bother but there are there are quite a few that do well off it but there's quite most of them don't and i think maybe because some of the people that go on there they don't develop the hard yards and sort of like learning how to understand people or like or the other things that go yeah. into it? It's sort of rushed in a way.
1: Uh, sometimes it's too much too soon. You know, yeah. it all depends. You're right. There are, there are some people that have come out of it and done really well. So, you know, Little Mix. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest girl bands in the, in the world still uh, have done really well. James Arthur, who lives just down the road from me in West London. Oh. He, he, uh, he did well to begin with. And then he went through some really challenging times. And uh, he's come back. Uh, so there are some people that have done well out of it, but I would say there's probably been more disappointment than, than success overall. Yeah. Um, and, and whilst you might get signed for a period of time, it's a, it's a, uh, it can be quite a ruthless business, particularly the big labels are looking for success. They want a return on their investment. Straight uh, away. So, so, so they want sales, uh, and long-term sales.
0: Yeah and if you've just sort of rushed it through maybe you don't have the knowledge or the there's the things that you learn through doing your craft for a while mm-hmm. that you don't do if it if it's rushed into it to have to sustain that success
1: yeah yeah uh a support network that you can depend on and trust is really important um, there's a lot of amazing people in the music industry and there's also some people that uh, you might not want to trust yourself with um uh, in, in general i've i've met, i just met so many absolutely fantastic supportive amazing people and then like any other industry there's the others
0: yeah well it's, it's sort of like the laws of human nature isn't it we yeah. all got our sort of faults we all got our weaknesses we all got our good points and you just got to it's just a fact of life you just gotta gotta accept things as they are don't be upset and just like learn how to deal with it
1: yeah which takes us in a bit of a circle back to looking after your mental health and building personal resilience so uh for for people in my role we have a responsibility to to look after the people we work with as much as we possibly can do um uh, as as clients, whether that's as as an artist or whether it's one of my clients that I coach and uh, and support them through some, maybe some difficult times.
0: Yeah, because if it's, it's, and and then how it goes into um, sort of like with, with with the coaching and like sort of person management of people. How how do you sort of like maintain, like develop your your acts in terms of like motivating them pushing them or getting the best out of them and keeping them positive when they get setbacks
1: <laughs> yeah like that that can be uh, that can be a challenge um the because i've been doing it for so long i i know a lot of the theory behind um the way to motivate people and to keep people enthused to be able to to enable them to discover their passion and how they can turn that from a thought into reality. Uh, And at the same time, because of of the lot of the learning that I've had, I'm able to, as far as I can do, look after their mental health as well, uh, their mental and physical wellbeing, because um, it can be long hours. It can be um, quite challenging. Uh, because a lot, a lot of musicians, they spend a lot of time writing and uh, in the studio as well as out and about playing uh, and, and getting that balance is so, so important. So uh, personally, I've, I've done a whole load of stuff to help me, which will in turn help them. So I'm, an, I'm, I'm a mental health first aider, for instance to, uh, to yeah. enable people. I, I was a Samaritan for many years, as well as being co- a coach and a mentor. So as well as having an understanding of business um, to help them with that side of things, uh, I can also help them stay motivated and, and look for the, the next opportunity.
0: And what have been sort of personal, so you said before about meeting some of your favorite band, your favorite band to face in the chat which was amazing Which is a bit like how daniel sloss met jim jeffries so like what have been sort of amazing moments in yourself during this time mm-hmm. and for your for your acts themselves
1: uh for me as you say it's meeting some of the people that i've followed for for years and years and years so uh i guess one of the uh one of the highlights was I've I've loved and followed a band called Ash, an Irish band, for years since they started out really and been to, every time they came to a, a place or not even not close to me, I, I'd go and see them on tour, uh, I've got the records, uh, just an amazing, amazing live band and through uh, a band I was managing, they had a mutual acquaintance with somebody that that knew Ash and they surprised me one day. We went down to Brighton, uh, they were gonna busk, do some busking and then playing a local pub. And we Ash were playing on the same night at the Concord Concord uh, Theatre down there. So they said, well, let's go and see Ash because we're down here. So unbeknownst to me, they'd arranged for me to go to the sound check. So we, we went down early and I got to meet Tim Wheeler and the rest of the band, which was like, wow. I've only ever seen you on stage before so to hang out with them and have a drink during the soundtrack check was like yeah, amazing. Uh, highlight for me, um, highlight for artists, taking an artist out on the very first tour, never done it before, um, selling merchandise, having people come up to them afterwards. I've got a great photo of uh, an artist who I, I talked about i talked about living the dream she also lived the dream as well because she was signing her autograph on on merchandise and uh, it's, it's sort of the sort of thing that she'd seen but didn't know whether she'd ever do so those are some of the highlights it's it's just uh, so exciting when when you see either a band or an individual standing on a stage and singing their hearts out to a, to a crowd of people that are loving them and singing their words back as well, sometimes as well, actually knowing the songs.
0: <laughs> oh, that's and that's and that. Yeah, I mean that that must. I mean, in those sort of moments, in a way, are sort of like the recovery for any bad moments you have. They're the things that make it worthwhile. Like, oh my God!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, ab- absolutely, really is. You know, you, you've put you've put a lot of uh, hours into getting your, your performance right, um, getting your songs right, making sure it's a, you know, all good quality. But the real reward comes when your fans come back to you and say, thank you so much. That's amazing, I love it. Um, and and they to support you, So it really is a reward.
0: One of the things that so I'd like to look at now is sort of how do you, so one of the things that I've come across is you in order to do progress you set a lot of like smart goals mm-hmm. and you sort of apply that sort of principle with with your acts and
1: yeah uh funnily enough the the artist that um i'm going to be announcing uh, in the very near future actually said to me i'd like to set some goals which i thought actually was quite unusual um so yeah we do set goals uh in terms of Uh, social media activity um, releases how many releases and when by when because to release a record you you need to have a plan you've got to have a plan you can't just say I'm going to upload a track um, and then just let it out there it needs to be a planned process over a period of time so it isn't just about writing a song recording it and putting it out there Uh, needs to be a very clear plan that is reviewed regularly uh, and make sure you're on track. So when, when for example, when uh, a band and I released an album in 2019, I think it was 2019, uh, we, we had a really clear plan for how the album was put together over a year, uh, how it was released, and then how we launched the album. Uh, and it was a detailed plan, bit by bit. And um, we had regular meetings and we reviewed where we were, looked at who was responsible for what. And then if things weren't on plan, we knew the things that we had to do. So it is, it is really very much like a business. And, and one of the things that I know I can do in the music business is to bring my business experience to it, because there are, there are a lot of artists who are amazingly creative aren't sure how to actually turn that into practice. And at the end of the day, uh, most artists want to be able to make a living, a reasonable living out of their passion for music. And that's where the challenge comes.
0: Because everyone else wants it as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: So, you, what you said there is a bit like, what's it called in a high school or something, you get this really attractive woman and then all, all, the, all the men are after them. And in this all sort of competition <laughs> <laughs> in a certain set <laughs> but, <laughs> um yeah um so what and how do you go about sort of building a tour and like maximizing merchandise as you as you say
1: um at at the level i work with and, and i like working with people that are finding a way in the music industry so giving the support that i can do um it's it's hard work putting a tool together is hard work because there's sourcing the venues um making sure that the venues are the right right capacity in the right location in the right cities uh and that alone is uh, is hard work and then the the publicity behind that so um it's, it's all the contacts that's got to be done. It's all, it's all the groundwork. So find the venues of the right size in the right place and then look at the local market to see what, what support there is out there. So if there's a local gig guide. So when we went to Birmingham for a, for a tour, there's, a, there's an amazing local gig guide there. So get in that, get on the local radio, uh, get in the press if you can. Uh, engage depending on the genre, engage with all the local clubs uh, and communities that are attached to that particular genre and then encourage people to come along, um, which, which at the end of the day <laughs> is, uh, is the one, one of the challenging things is to get people through the door. Um, there's so many stories of what are now really uh, well-known acts Playing to either an empty hall or two or three people in their early days um, and uh, even if there's only three or four people the artist has still got to give a good performance. Yeah. So uh, these are all challenges that one has on tour. Uh, I guess the merch is a bonus because uh, it's, it's sort of passive income, it's available all the time, it's been a bit of a godsend for some people during lockdown uh, because that is still a source of income, but on a tour, it's, it's really good fun. It's nice to get the t-shirts and the CDs and the posters out there, and then uh, the artist is able to give that personal touch, that signing of each uh, each person piece of merchandise, and also it's a few, a few extra pounds into what is probably going to be a loss maker. The tour is probably going to lose money by the time that you've um, put into place travel, um, moving equipment around, setting it up—you uh, may have to pay for a venue, you may not. It may be what goes behind the bar. Uh, all depends on whatever you negotiated, but it's highly unlikely you're going to make much, if any, money. And, and but the merch helps you offset that, which is which is great. And as I say, at the moment, it's uh, it's another little form of income for emerging artists
0: bit like um yeah here with a lot of theater shows most most of the productions that make any money they make a loss it's more sort of about the promotion for the future
1: yeah yeah i mean whenever i've been to the theater the the, the thing that uh, i'm interested in is uh, where they charge 15 pounds for a four four page booklet and they're selling like hotcakes and and that's got to be uh, you know a good profit margin for them so in terms of income, uh, there are numerous income streams for artists to in, to invest in. Um, and one of those is merchandise. Hmm.
0: And what with the tours, do you do them across the country or do you just sort of, as you said before, you build it locally first and then you expand? Depends.
1: Yeah, it, it depends. Um, Ideally, uh, building up a local reputation is a really good start, uh, and then and and then do it incrementally. So, a tour could be five dates, four or five dates, just to get out there, put your toe in the water, and see what happens, um, and then build up build up on that. and And clearly, the uh, the most well attended gig is likely to be your hometown, um, because friends, family. Uh, or if it's your your uni home, uh, your, your local university um, mates will come along to it and support you. It's when you start to go further afield, it becomes a bit more challenging, which is where those contacts that I spoke about before become more and more important, find uh, find people that are supporting that particular genre in the location and inc- encourage them to come along. And what,
0: what are sort of your criteria for the so you mentioned a bit before about the location, the how well the art scene is supported. Um, what what are other things that you look at? So like, how do you know if the arts is supported? Like, you just see if there's lots of websites devoted to the performing arts, or what do you look?
1: what well, for for locations? Yeah, uh, for locations, there are there are some towns and cities which 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 have a reputation for uh, supporting. Live music. Um, so Birmingham, I've mentioned already, is is amazing. They've got they've got so many great small venues there, and I'm, I'm looking. I, I'm looking for. I'm personally looking for small venues because of the uh, the artists that I'm I'm working with. So uh, a small capacity, and and Birmingham has a really good reputation. They they love independent live music, so the. I knew when we were looking at uh, towns to go and visit that that had to be one. Uh, we went to a really well-known pub called the Hare and Hounds, uh, which has an amazing reputation for live music, uh, mainly for uh, emerging artists, but also some some well-known bands as well. So when we played uh, the Hare and Hounds, there's a band called Baby Bird who have a, a really good reputation and a massive following and they were playing in a room next door. So it caters for emerging artists and some of the more well-known artists, but it's, it's, a, it's a really good community in, in Birmingham, really good um, uh, community that supports music. They've got local radio stations. So uh, somebody who's on my podcast uh, coming up in, in the next few weeks. Uh, somebody on there works at Brum Radio, and he was really helpful in terms of promoting the gig there and putting it out, interviewed the artist on the on the radio, and introduced me to a whole load of people in Birmingham, um, both face-to-face and uh, over other media as well.
0: Oh, and what about in terms of like little villages? Because I noticed in London, I mean, you, you find yourself as very competitive and the rates they charge for a lot of things in venues are very difficult to deal with. And a lot of, lot of comedy clubs, a lot of the better comedy clubs are outside of London mm. because there's less going on. <laughs> and they, for, for comedy anyway, they, yeah. they, there's less going on. And so people that go there, they treat it more as a day out. Mm. And so they're able to charge more and pay comedians better.
1: Um, yeah, there, there are certainly examples of, of that uh, outside London. So up uh, up towards the north of the country, there's a place called Hebden Bridge who have a social club. And uh, they, again, have a, an amazing reputation for putting on some really, really good acts from emerging artists up to uh, established acts. and. It's, uh, it's not in a massive town or anything like that. So it sort of fits the criteria that you're talking about there. And there are a number of them. And uh, I know that some artists have done sort of a village hall tour um, <laughs> and, and just gone out and, and played in small villages.
0: Okay. But, how, but in terms of like, see, do, you, do you find many secret gems which like they've not had music on before, but they're really sort of excited and they support it?
1: yeah occasionally and, and very often it's a social club that have uh, maybe not done an awful lot in the way of music or in your case comedy, and uh, and they have got the facility to put on events like that, and then when you put it uh, put it to them, they'll take it on board and go with it and, and actually this one comes to mind at the moment, fairly local to me, and they were doing hardly anything. They had a very very decent sized hall and weren't doing much with it. And uh, pre-lockdown, they, they'd started to put on both comedy and music events on a regular basis because it was, it was giving them return on their investment. So you're right, there are hidden gems out there still to be found. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've got um, a particular outdoor style of venue that I really want to do a, a tour on one day. I, I was talking to a, a musician recently about doing something with that. It's, it's got to be in the summer, though. It's got to be decent weather.
0: When, when so, there's keep, less keep, restrictions.
1: Keep, and less restrictions. Oh, yeah. No 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 restrictions. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hopefully, maybe in 2022, we'll be able to do something with that because uh, what I've got in mind is really exciting.
0: Oh, am, <laughs> am I able to ask, get more, or is is nope. secret agent?
1: <laughs> keep an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> follow, follow our socials. <laughs>
0: oh and <laughs> okay so that and no that's that's and what would you say so with sort of glam red as a whole like yeah. your management company what yeah. would you say typifies what are values that defines how you guys work um
1: you mean organizational values because yeah, so so we've all got personal values which people may or may not know about. These are the things that drive us to do what what we do, um, and we may not even realise what they are. Uh, but we do also have some organisational values, which are things like trust, integrity, honesty, uh, fun. These these are all things that we live live by because uh, people are putting their personal and business careers in our hands and they need to be confident that we're going to look after them they need to have that trust and trust isn't something that you can demand of anybody it's going to be built up over a period of time so we are honest and upfront with people um, we build trust over a period of time uh, and along the, along the way we have some fun um, and those are part of our organizational values so we, we, we have a set of business values we have a, a, a business personality uh, so we know who we are and people that come to us for either business development or for artist management know what they're coming into and I talked to a lot of artists I'm going to be talking to an artist this evening who doesn't actually work with me uh, but he's already said thanks very much for your honesty because unless you give people honest feedback about what they're doing and how they're doing it uh, they will never grow and develop Um, giving giving feedback is can be a challenge but it's so important so important
0: and brave as well
1: yeah yeah actually that's on um yeah i'm just looking at yeah that's part of our personality is uh, is brave so <laughs> you've got to be brave sometimes
0: oh god yeah i mean like you must have it man Let you, like, when you give some honest i'm getting some people with your head off like you you sh- no matter how nice you do it or how you get the moment where like what you said that no i believe i'm that how dare you say i'm that <laughs>
1: To be quite honest, Marvin, most people are grateful for it because it's actually quite rare that people get honest feedback. And if you do it in the right way, so it needs to be motivational. There is a skill in giving feedback. We, we teach people how to give feedback because it is a skill. So that there, there is a process to it, to make sure that at the end of the feedback session, people are motivated. And, and that's the way people stretch and grow and, and move on to the next level of whatever it is they're doing, whether it's music or any other business or comedy. You know, if somebody gives a poor performance, then they need to know about it. Otherwise they'll go and they'll give another poor performance and they'll wonder why their career doesn't grow and develop.
0: Yeah, I think it's one, one of the things is, I don't think it matters who you are. As you said, unless you have a good support bubble, you're not going to be able to see your faults. You only see it to a certain point. Yeah. And unless you have other honest voices around you, you can't see those other points.
1: Yeah. That's why it's suggested that you get feedback from people other than your family. Whether you do anything with your feed, that feedback is up to you. Um, but get feedback from other people and then do something with it if you choose to do it. So I was watching a David Bowie documentary last night and he was saying, I actually don't do much. I do most of what I do for me um and if other people like it that's that's fine um now i know he was given regular feedback but david bowie i mean, an extraordinary character in so many ways you know a, a somebody who was able to visualize things that other people couldn't um he was given regular feedback and then he decided what he wanted to do with it which wasn't yeah. a lot <laughs> exactly. he, he continued to be who he was but at least he knew
0: did he did he seek out feedback though or did he just
1: that didn't come up in the documentary but i would i would suggest over the years that he was given feedback what happened in terms of his personal situation i don't know Uh,
0: i mean any sort of success no one's completely done it by themselves they've they've got friends or they've they've had some support along the way or they've Mm -hmm. learned from someone or they've they've not been in their own bubble where you know, you see an X-factor sometimes, someone's just sings in the garden and then they go up and perform terribly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, you've, you know, you've got to have self-belief and then you've got to move that self-belief to other people. And, you know, if, if you're unlikely to make it, then accept it and do something different.
0: Yeah. But making it doesn't necessarily you don't need to be the Beyonce or this and that. You can be just someone who has a fan base, gets mm. paid travel. That's making it enough already. You don't need the other bit.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there, there are so many there are so many opportunities in 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 the music business for artists, but also so many other roles. So uh, as I've as, as I've been interviewing people, over the last few months, I've discovered so many people that are in the music business, but are not singers or in a band. They're doing other things, but they're, they're passionate about music. It's just they found a different route into it. And they're still heavily engaged and recognized and respected in the music industry. Um, so they're doing something they love, but they're not necessarily an, an artist. They're just doing something, something different. Um, and that, that level of fame isn't always the be all and end all. There's a really do, good documentary on Netflix about some backing singers, um, uh, uh, American backing singers, and they've built a career purely as backing singers. Some of them have gone on to have an individual individual success, um, but their career has been just phenomenal, supporting other artists.
0: And yeah, you get to travel, you get to do all these different things. What about yeah. the dancers? They, I mean, a lot of the times they're not famous when you yeah. see on the music, but they enjoy it. They get to travel and meet amazing people.
1: Yeah, I mean, just going back to Bowie, the, the, the bassist that he had accompanying him for many years, a, a, an American amazing bassist, went on tour with him for years and, years and years and years and years and did and has done some of her own work, but has also worked with Bowie and a lot of other really fantastic bands. And it's made a really good living out of it.
0: And one thing so I want to look at from your own sort of personal journey. What has music given you, like working in music, given you? <clears throat> um,
1: immense pleasure, motivation, fun. Um, sometimes a bit of a challenge. Um, which which keeps me on the uh, on the edge, so it keeps me going, keeps my personal resilience on its edge. Where <clears throat> either things don't quite go quite as uh, as one it would want one would want it to, or it's a bit difficult to get hold of somebody or somebody in the industry to help them along. Um, but in the main, it's just been. And continues to be an amazing journey i 'm just getting to do things and talk to people that it 's quite extraordinary, and so many people are so helpful and approachable and give you really good feedback and advice now, it, even people not not just Ash the band that I, I love and um, have followed for all these years but uh, <coughs> Niall, Niall rogers manager Merck um, I've seen him a couple of times at um, various events and, and then connected with him on LinkedIn and he'll take the time out to reply to personal messages. I mean, wow, he, he's running now a, uh, a business in, in excess of a billion pounds and he's still really approachable and Ooh. supportive. So just, just that sort of thing gives you faith in human nature. And also my passion for music is reignited every day
0: because you keep learning something new
1: learn something new every day just going back to Merck and nile uh, and i've said this probably too many times in the podcast i'm doing because for me it's so important uh nile rogers stood in front uh, stood up in front of a group of people and said i know nothing i don't know anything i'm sort of learning it as i go along and uh, for anybody that knows of nile rogers he's one of the most successful Musicians, producers, songwriters, the world has ever known, and for him to say, "I know nothing; I'm still learning," is a great inspiration, certainly for me.
0: Yeah, but it appears that they you know everything because they're so high up, and it's it's like with Kobe Bryant. He used to say that when things are difficult, he used to always tackle things one brick at a time. Yeah. And he says often what happens is when you focus on one problem at a time, ten thousand other problems get sorted out.
1: It is, yeah, another brick in the wall, to quote another song, Pink Floyd.
0: Oh, I've not heard of that. I've heard of um, their, their song, Numb. That was a good song.
1: Uh, well, it's their classic. Another brick in the wall is a
0: classic. Not on yet
1: when we finished. Oh, ex-
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> a funny thing, actually. Uh, I got There's a member of uh, Pink Floyd who goes to one of the pubs that I've comedy shows in.
1: Mm. All right oh well there you go always good to get to know these people
0: <laughs> uh but it's yeah and it, it's a how how important would you say a network is like a good network and building that network is in terms of making something of yourself oh
1: massively doesn't matter what business you're in um develop your network talk to people and for me personally connect with people that you like uh, and you get on with uh, so as you as you build your relationship network just keep in touch with people I mean, uh, there are people that i've uh, i've been working with for 10 11 12 years longer um, and we have a really good relationship we we know each other well and that really helps. So very often when, when I have a business meeting, whether it's in music or the other business, we'll spend 45 minutes talking about stuff and then at the end of it, do a bit of business. And that's the relationship to, to have. But I, I certainly have what I call my red book, uh, which is my list of contacts Um, who they are how to get in touch with them when I last spoke to them what we talked about that um, I I build on a regular basis Um, so in the old days it used to be exchange of business cards now it's uh, what's what's your Instagram let's just connect through that And then have conversations and then at some point either they might need something from me or i they might i might need something from them and you've got that relationship there it is it's one of the basis of any business is to have a good solid uh relationship network um it will stand you in such good such good stead so build your relationship network and be kind to people i would say are two really really important things
0: Mm. and in terms of that what what are mistakes that you've made and that you've learned from in terms of building a network and then how you engage with people to achieve um
1: i guess in terms of relationships you you don't know what you don't know at first about the person that you formed a relationship with so you might meet somebody at an event whether it's online or whether it's uh, face-to-face in the old days. Um, and you think it'd be good to have a chat with them and just see where it takes us. And very often I have found that some of the people I've connected with don't necessarily fit with my values. So we talked about values early earlier, organis- organisation and personal values. The people that I want to stay connected with have similar values to me. So it isn't, for instance, it isn't all about the money. Uh, Uh, I mean, money is a driver for a lot of people, but it's not all about the money. It's, It's how people do business, how people connect with each other and the reasons behind it. So is it genuine? Is it authentic? Are they doing it for mutual benefit? so that there's a, there's a win-win situation, we, we both get something out of that relationship, even if it's only a conversation that, that we have on a regular basis, uh, just because we can. And, and I think sometimes people can use people um, and they'll make contact when they want something and that doesn't work for me. I just want to be working and having relationships, business relationships with people that I know, I trust, have similar values. And sometimes we get together and we'll just have a chat. I I had a Zoom chat with somebody, uh, another manager uh, recently, and it was so nice. We just connected to have a conversation and there was no ulterior motive. It was just because we wanted to.
0: Yeah i mean i mean that's that's the big thing that happens in all aspects of life there's a lot Mm. of like yeah we're we're too money orientated i mean it's very important but i mean a lot of people think of getting a quick buck so right Mm. now a lot of the times if someone had the opportunity to make ten thousand pounds but it caused them quite a few enemies that would stop them from getting lots of further money further down the line they'll probably take Mm. it a lot of people want the quick quick grab they don't want to think of the longer grab
1: yeah, it's it's an investment. A, l- a lot of what, a lot of what building a business and building relationships is is investment, and it's nothing to do with money. It's an investment in time and emotion, and ultimately uh, a career. But even that career isn't just around business. It's it's taking that passion. So one of the phrases we use regularly in Glam dot Red is um, turning your passion into a business turning your passion for music into a business um, and it could be that some of the people that I talk to work with whether it's on an artist management basis or a, a coaching basis or giving uh, doing workshops or whatever it may be it won't necessarily give them an income but what it will do is ignite a passion and give them something even if it's just a hobby Uh, something that excites them and motivates them and wants them to get up in the morning and do more of
0: it's like what ronaldo said dreams are something that don't let you sleep
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's right yeah just keep you going yeah
0: well i just want to say that thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey and telling us about yourself one 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 of the two sort of questions i have now are like who are your heroes um and what life advice would you give to your younger self uh heroes um
1: heroes i guess um in the music world um I do like I do like the, the. I guess the heroes in that I just go anywhere to see them. So uh, there used to be a van, band called The View, Scottish band from near Dundee. Um, and they were definitely heroes. The first time I ever saw them was in a very small venue in Milton Keynes. They hadn't released an album and they ran out of songs to play. They just said, that's enough, I'm going now. And then I followed them. Unfortunately, they, they did split, but their lead singer, Kyle Faulkner, is still, he's just released a single last Friday, actually. Still an amazing performer. So he's a bit of a hero because he is himself and, and he's very genuine and down to earth and, and a nice guy. So he is uh, Ash, their the, the hero. Bowie, I, I think, was just a remarkable character. Uh, I know these are all out of music but then that's my that's my passion um, so there's some heroes yeah
0: and what was it that in particular about Bowie that tip of, that really makes you look and wonder in what he is um his foresight
1: um he gave an interview years ago about the future of streaming which was way beyond anything that people have thought about before it's available on youtube just a fascinating insight and his ability to to evolve through his different personas and and create something so different and unique and how he moved from or between music, film, theatre, so eloquent. Not only did he produce so much amazing music, but he was a, a very eloquent and educational speaker. Um, yeah, just just a, a whole. I mean, the music is is fantastic. But behind the music, the the person, whatever we got to know of him, because of, obviously we only see what we see and hear what we hear. But he had um, a unique uh, way of looking at the world and exploring and having a go at things. But probably that's one of the things that that I would, I would recommend to people. You, you said, you know, what, what, what advice would you give to your younger self or anybody else? And it's have a go at things. Just see what happens. Um, again, that came up in one of my podcasts. One of, one of the uh, people I interviewed and a uh, really well-known manager said a lot of artists go into the studio and spend months and months and months perfecting a track and then they release it and people don't like it. So why not just go in there and put stuff out there? Have a go. You know? Um so so just have a go at stuff and and we are held by, by fear, but we can overcome that. There's loads of different ways we can overcome that fear and just have a go at things. So I would say to to um to, to my younger self, well I've always sort of explored and had a play with things. I'm doing it even more so now. Just have a go at things. Play with it and see yeah. what happens.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of us have a fixed mindset that we're going to be this, we're going to be that. But if they play around a bit, you never know what's going to happen.
1: You don't. No, no, no. So, uh, yeah, have a go. See what happens.
0: I'll tell you one thing, what you said there in terms of like artists spending so long trying to perfect the song then no one likes it. And then I just got an image of a sketch in my mind of like that happening. And then yeah. someone else like right, oh i'll just spend half an hour producing a thing and throw it out there and then get, yeah. that gets tons of a hit and then you can just yeah. imagine that person's face
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah 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 you can you can you can use that in one of
0: your sketches my right <laughs> how much do i have to pay you i <laughs> oh, will talk about the commission later <laughs> <laughs> well uh one more sort of thing um yeah. like just spread the word on your work like social media handles websites. yeah
1: stuff like that. so uh a glam red official i am all over the place so the website is glam.red if anybody wants to drop you a line it's jeff at glam.red and then on instagram glam red official youtube glam red official um podcast releasing potential podcasts uh follow that across all platforms releasing an episode every wednesday at the moment got some fascinating really interesting guests from the world of music um uh again uh glam red official uh same on twitter so i'm sure you'll put something in episode notes
0: of course definitely of course (laughs) Of course.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'd be lovely to see anybody uh, joining us on, on the journey. It's all a journey. And uh, my ambition is to support and educate um, in the music industry, anybody that wants to turn it into a career and and um, make it their life.
0: Yes. Yeah, so listen up, guys, wherever you are, even if you're playing the triangle or yep. playing the, the, the crumpets. <laughs> Jeff is yeah. here for you. <laughs> indeed give us a shout
1: be delighted to hear from you
0: well it's been an absolute pleasure jeff and i just want to say take care and um, best of luck with everything and hopefully Thank i'll you. speak to you soon